0: Welcome to another episode of two peas on a podcast counting down movies music TV and pop culture one top five at a time and now here are the two peas.
1: What's up ladies and gentlemen good evening welcome to another episode of two peas on a podcast. I'm so thrilled that you joined us again this week. This is Gerald here with you of course. And false advertising. It's not two P's on the podcast tonight. It's actually four P's on a pod tonight. It's the mega episode that pretty much happens every time we do this countdown. It is our best movies of the year. We're covering the year 2022 in film tonight. And I've got some special guests to help me out. And I'm excited for that. Let's start and kind of go around the horn and see who I've got here tonight. So, This was a ringer that came in last minute, and her and I are kind of like become besties lately. She lives local to me, and we've gotten to see some screeners together and so on and so forth, and she's just a great person. She has a really cool website online. I'm going to let her talk about that as well. But she was on in October, right, Lindsay? And we did Blumhouse Movies.
0: Blumhouse Movies. Yes, sir.
1: Yeah, we killed it. Lindsay Dunn, what's up? Welcome back to the show.
0: Thank you. This is very exciting for me. I didn't get to do a YouTube video about my top 10 movies so, or my top movies. So this is, this is great. This is the opportunity. This is my moment.
1: Yeah, this is your moment. <laughs> I'm sure you'll do good. Uh, you know, I know, I know your sensibilities a little bit. I could probably guess a few of your picks, Ooh. but we'll see when we get there if there's any surprises <laughs> lingering over there. And then Dan Brennick is back from Netflix and Swill. He's been on the show almost as much as I have. What's up, man? Yeah,
2: That's that's, that's fair. That's true. Uh, Shalom. I'm here to say, uh, boy, I sure wish I could do my troll list because it's a very good list (laughs) of bad movies that I haven't seen.
1: Yeah, Dan likes to troll me occasionally, (laughs) but he knows this is an important episode. He kind of reeled it in a little bit. I think he has a real list tonight. For his favorite movies of 2022, we'll see. But thanks for Maybe. being here as always, man. And then this guy, Paul, you know him from The Countdown in Australia. What a trooper. You know, we were, <laughs> this wasn't even really planned. He's just like, I want to be there. I want to do it. And yeah. I said, yes, I want you to do it. Paul from The Countdown, what's up, man? Welcome back.
3: Thanks for having me back, Gerald. Couldn't be there for the peas nominations, So I thought, well, I'm home looking after Daughter. Daughter's got a friend around. What an opportunity to come in and talk about the best films of the year. Uh, which, you know, I may or, may or may not change up from my list on my show, which we just recorded recently as well. Ooh, you think you might
1: change it up a little bit there, huh? We'll see how well, we We'll go. see. I haven't heard that episode yet. You know, much like Dan said when we were in the chat earlier, I don't pay attention to a lot of year-end lists until I do my own because I try to limit influence, so I haven't heard it yet, so I'm excited to see what you came up with. Cool. Yeah, before we dive into our favorite movies of 2022, guys, I just want to kind of go around the horn and give a little bit of like – our reflection of the year in film, maybe our grade of that year, what we think, was it better than 2021? Where are we at as far as, you know, the year as a whole? Lindsay, what did you think of 2022 in cinema?
0: Uh, I'm sorry, I'm enjoying Dan's facial expressions, so I, I got distracted. But um, <laughs> I um, I thought this, this year, it felt like a little bit like every director – who hadn't put out a movie in 2020 or 2021 was like, better get my movie in this year. There was a lot of options to choose from. It felt like whether it's streaming or in theaters, there was just a lot of variety in the types of movies coming out. You know, we had blockbusters, we had indie gems, we had lots of great horror, as you know, Gerald. And Mm -hmm. it's just, Mm -hmm. I thought it was, It was actually really difficult to pick, uh, to kind of narrow it down to top
2: movies this year.
1: Yeah, I agree. It was, well, I think it was a really strong year, but I want to hear from these guys. Dan, what did you think of 2022?
2: Fuck if I know, dude. I barely watch any movies. The only stuff (laughs) I watch is on Netflix. I'll go out to a random movie every once in a while, and every once in a while, I mean like once a year now in the theaters, unless I'm going to a film festival, then I'll attend those. And then, like, the rest of the time, it's just, like, grab bag. Can Dan watch this thing in time for this episode? If not, he hasn't seen it. So, uh, Netflix movies, I'll say. Spoilers.
3: Uh, lot on his list. Uh,
2: uh, no, no, there are actually two. Oh, okay. Shockingly. Uh, no, it was an okay near year for Netflix. I mean, movies. Netflix uh, did some
1: good stuff this year, I will say, without giving any titles away. they I feel like this was a stronger year than, like, the Marriage Story year. Was that last year or was that the year before?
2: Air story is twenty nineteen. Bombak hasn't put out a movie since twenty nineteen. I'd have to think about that. That that caught me off guard. I don't I actually have to think like what's the <laughs> best conversation ne- here, Netflix I'm sorry. <laughs> year. Yeah, no, no. I, uh, it's a fine year. It's it's a year. Just like every other year. There's always movies that are that come out and yeah. then we watch them and we say these were movies and then we move on with our lives. Sure. That's my assessment of twenty twenty two. Paul, anything to
1: add? What did you think of twenty twenty two as a whole, man, as far as movies go?
3: I thought 2022 was a phenomenal year for television, and so I watched mm-hmm. more television than I did films this year. I so saw, I think, I saw 96 2022 films this year, which is oh, down wow, from okay. 130 or 140 oh. I normally consume. So, <laughs> still pretty good though. Yeah, I got a list. I'm happy with my list. the The list I put together, top ten on our show, is still pretty strong. I think, but the order might incense a few people. So, we'll see how we go. Well,
1: I think 2022 was pretty strong, guys. You know, I'm somewhat biased a little bit because i love movies so much but i you know everybody was kind of going back to the theater after the kind of whole covid pandemic thing and kind of started happening a little bit towards the end of 2021 but definitely into 2022 it was just like a free-for-all we're somewhat back to normalcy um and i think because of that and because of probably a few of the movies that might get mentioned tonight it just got crowds back out into theaters and it's a really exciting thing to have that, you know, it's, it's great to have the option to stream it at home. And, you know, Dan was talking about Netflix and they did a lot of great stuff and, but there's just something about seeing these things on the big screen, especially certain directors and certain movies, you know, we'll be getting Oppenheimer this year from Christopher Nolan. I mean, that kind of shit, you just got to see it on the big screen, you know? So, uh, and there were some in 2022 as well without giving any titles away right now, but you know, it, it's come up before when we do these episodes. And I think Brian Sauce is the first one that said it. But, you know, they always ask, Was it a good year for movies? And in my opinion, every year is a good year for movies. As long as we're getting them and as long as we're able to consume them, let's do it. So I think it was a great year. So I'm excited to see how eclectic our lists are, how much crossover we have, that kind of thing. So we're going to get started, guys. We're going to do our top five movies of 2022. There's no real parameters other than it just had to be released in 2022. That's basically, it doesn't matter, genre, anything like that. So, Lindsay, if you are ready, from one of my stories, you are going to get us started. What's your number five movie of the year?
0: My number five pick, I'm pretty sure, will come up again on this podcast. But Bones and All is my number five movie of the year. This movie had so many elements I like. I love a road trip movie. I like a love story, uh, like lovers against the world kind of story. I like an outcast story. I like the element of a character feeling they do, do not fit in at home and looking for family and love outside of that. So it hit all the elements for me, as well as back to the road trip. Not only was it a road trip, but like a road trip through the gritty, dark streets of of the cities we're not we're not with the elite. we're going into the corners that people don't necessarily go or want to go, sort of like the underbelly of the world and mm-hmm. I just loved the cinematography. I liked the body horror it was so gross like. This this director, Luke, Luca G, I don't know how you say his last name, but he um has a really great way of perfecting the perfect snot bubble. And um just it's, yeah, that's true. <laughs> like the things he can do with and like the blood and the characters are always covered with bruises and blood and uh finding the beauty in that and the way the camera picks up on that and makes Mm -hmm. that look attractive is really impressive too so i just i loved this movie and i i actually want to see it again if i can Mm -hmm. like quickly
1: well you know i love it we talked about it when i went to see it um and Mm -hmm. i saw it late i saw it about a month ago in the theater and i'll be talking about it later dan paul have either of you guys seen bones and all
2: not at all
1: (laughs) no it's on my list i haven't seen it yet uh it's on your list to see your watch list yeah
2: Mm.
1: well it's a great flick i highly recommend it and obviously Lindsay does too it's her number five great pick to get us started next up is mr paul from over there in australia what do you have at your number five movie of 2022
3: buddy Weirdly enough, there's a pretty strong connection between Lindsay's number five, and my number five, which was my favourite. I can't even call it pure horror film of of 2022, but it's very uniquely put together and and stars a big up and comer in Daisy Edgar Jones, I think, and has uh, Sebastian Stan putting in a bit of a villainous turn in Mini Caves Fresh, which uh, is a film okay, I love. I this movie yeah. really, really dug. It's a um, <laughs> it's a I think a unique take on having a written by women directed by a woman and just the sensibility through it all was really engaging the first 30 minutes. It's basically masquerading as romantic kind of comedy. Mm -hmm. She's, which really blew my mind. Like, and I knew nothing about this film going other than it was probably about cannibals given the cover of the, the image and and the title. of the film. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, where's this going? What's happening? And then bam, the turn happens and the title card flashes up 30 minutes into the film. And we just go into a completely different movie from that point in time which is a really brave choice and just sucked me right in. And from there, the characterizations. I've never wanted a character to live so much in a film as I did Daisy's character in this film. I thought she was yeah. phenomenal and the way she worked the situation to her advantage and slowly turned things around and then all the other unfortunate people sort of threw the, the weave. And perhaps the best moment of the entire film is a bit of a spoiler. Dan, you ever going to watch this movie?
2: I'm forgetting what's happening right Excellent. now, so go go ahead. I'm I'm disassociating.
3: And the bit which just won me over completely is they set up this sort of pseudo kind of love interest of another one of her friends, who also gets taken, and he's sort of mm-hmm. positioned to be kind of the hero who swoops in at the end of the day, and then he just turns over the house and goes nope, backs his car out and drives away and leaves. Him know, to yeah, yeah, yeah. Just brilliant because that would have been a complete ridiculous moment for a film like this, and and the ending was it just nailed it, it was fantastic. I loved fresh.
1: And it was it was quippy too, right, Paul? Like me and yeah. you, liked the quick. It was like ninety minutes or you know, hundred minutes. It was uh, like
3: it might have been a bit long. It might have been one hundred and ten. So. Oh, was it okay?
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, oh
3: I'm shocked. Yeah. You like one hundred and fourteen minutes? Well, yeah. it was Sorry.
1: under it was under two hours, it, it, but I it that. flew
3: by. As I think the pacing yeah. is one of the great strengths of the movie as well. I was engaged the whole way. So yeah,
1: yeah. And to, to Dan's point earlier too about streaming. I mean, this was Hulu. This was stream- you guys mm. didn't get it in the theater, there, did you, Paul, or no? No,
3: no, definitely not. So no, it. Yeah. Uh, I think it popped up on maybe Star here. I can't remember.
1: That's what I thought. Yeah, it was a Hulu original here. And that sounds right. It was one of my top 10 horror movies of 2022. I love it. And, you know, getting to see Sebastian Stan do that is was also just very awesome. Good. Yeah. Yeah, it was just awesome because, like you said, I mean – and isn't this one one of the movies, and there's several this year that actually did this thing, but didn't the title card come in at, like, 30 yeah. or 40 minutes into the movie or something like that? Yep. Yeah, I love when they do that. And that that was an indication, actually, that, like, shit's changing. Yep. <laughs> like, here's the title card. Now it's a different movie. You know, like you said, it was a rom-com turned into this, like, horror home invasion kind of film. Uh, but, yeah, I love Freshman. So great pick. Thank you, Dan, you're up next, man. What do you got at number five, buddy?
2: All right. So let's see. Do I go from the troll Gerald list or do I go from my actual list? Let's find out. From the troll Gerald list, I would have the movie Blonde. Uh, but that is no, that's not even close. I, I think that
3: movie kind of. But <laughs> those Gerald's right actually, told, I'm glad
1: you told me it was a troll list before you said the word blonde, because I wouldn't yeah, okay, really know. I, make Ooh, sure I don't know where you, you understand
2: on. troll list blonde. I, I recorded an entire episode about it. Uh, oh, I know it's I fine. It. Go ahead. Uh, okay, my actual number five is uh, another Netflix streaming movie, kind of, uh, in that Netflix distributed it to the West, and uh, it became a film Twitter sensation. It is RRR, or Triple R, or R, or whatever you <laughs> want to call it. Doesn't matter. Uh, as long as you understand the, the majesty of this movie, and it's over-the-top Bollywood style mixed in with a heartwarming friendship, It's it's one of those movies that I look at and just go, boy... This movie is greater than the sum of its parts because if you look at it the the, the script is whatever the acting is bad to a degree like the 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 English speaking actors don't really do a good job of acting in the movie like it's it's not like squid game levels of like bad english actors <laughs> but it's there we're talking like same realm but like there's a sequence, uh, I- about an hour in that Paul probably hated very much, oh, yeah. where there's uh te- ten minutes of dancing, <laughs> and that's when I was sold on RRR. Oh, that's where I
1: was at. And uh, not to, not to. Uh, Paul, it, you had to like that sequence. Nah, it's it, terrible. It was what?
2: so good. It was, terrible. it was so. Oh my good. god! It was man. the. It, it was my favorite it's the feel part of the good movie.
1: moment of cinema, bro. Twenty twenty two. Ten yeah.
2: minutes of feel good awesomeness, and uh, it was the, fantastic.
1: Paul, imagine that you and Wayne out there doing that dance, buddy. That would be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Record that
3: for us, please. That's the eighth sign of the apocalypse coming <laughs> if it ever happens.
1: <laughs> Lindsay, I know you're a huge fan of RRR, so you might want to mm-hmm. hold your commentary. I'm not sure, but I assume you're thumbs up with this pick.
0: Oh, I'm thumbsing up all over the place.
1: Dan, I thought you would have this a little bit higher, honestly. But
0: yeah, I'm wondering like. Since this is your number five, where else can you go? I mean, that's that's what I'm thinking right now.
2: So that might be as oh, well. I mean, up. <laughs> that, that's fair. Um, uh, no, not up, but like s- slightly up. Like this, this actually the pack of five is actually pretty tight to the point where it's like any of these. And I know uh, you hear this every time you hear a top five. Oh, any of these could have been my number yeah, one. Yeah, sure. And, uh, Paul says this all the time. No, I don't. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 say it enough. <laughs> I've never said that. What are you talking about? I say said enough. it enough. You said it probably one time. <laughs> and That was enough. Okay. <laughs> and I've said it one time now, and that's enough. But yes, any of my five could have been my number one at any time. It's just how I felt about it. And uh, yeah, RRR, uh, three hours is an ass. Ridiculous. Ask. I think that's its biggest. I think it's its biggest flaw. Is that three hours is an ask for anybody, uh, let alone two geriatrics who just are like I hate one guy's <laughs> I hate fun and the other guy's like horror's cool, I guess. Well, one thing
1: I'll say about RR real quick: the, you know, the Golden Peas nomination just opened up a few days ago. It is getting a shit ton of ballots turned in for it. So people love this movie, and I think it's a great mm. film. I think the only negative is the runtime. In my opinion, Paul might disagree because I know he doesn't love the musical numbers, but I just felt like they were so they were self-aware enough and they were kind of knew what they were to kind of make sense. It wasn't like they were trying to be overly dramatic in their musical numbers. I mean, they were these really fun, kind of like over the top productions that were well choreographed and this bromance being highlighted. I love this movie. I'm glad it got some love tonight. So great pick, Dan.
2: I the big thing with this movie that I want is more people to watch Bollywood stuff. It's Bollywood true. stuff is equally as ridiculous, uh, extremely silly. Like, I think Squid Game was very important for Korean uh, genre anything, uh, as well as Parasite. I think that's opened a lot of eyes and a lot of, uh, you know, minds towards watching foreign language stuff, especially, like, your East Asian countries. So, uh, please, watch RRR. And then uh, go watch more Bollywood stuff, because uh, they don't really take their movie seriously. And re- and mm-hmm. ultimately, the lesson is, neither should you. Yeah. Go out, have fun. Mm-hmm. Enjoy yeah. ridiculous, stupid fun where a guy throws a motorcycle at another guy.
1: And great effects, too. But yeah, I mean, but you can tell that. You're right, Dan. I mean, you can tell they're just literally having a good time, you know, and that's what the movie should be all about. So I think it's a great pick.
0: Okay, right. I, I don't think not- Dan's
1: going to praise... Go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: Jer- I'm sorry. I would not normally interrupt you, but I don't want anyone to start hate-watching your podcast. So I thought I should make sure we all know that RRR is a Tollywood movie, not Bollywood. And oh, if, if you put me. anything about Bollywood on Twitter, you will get some very angry people from India. Um, so I just want well, to make me sure what, that Tell me what's
1: what's the difference, because I don't know. I'm kind of an idiot with that in that regard.
0: So on the most basic too. level, what you would know is that Tollywood movies are in the Telugu language. So they are Mm -hmm. like from that language. But you'll notice with Bollywood, a lot of those are rom-coms. They have a lot of music, a lot of dancing, as opposed to Tollywood, which is more action, epic, you know, like this was. Oh, okay. With some, maybe some songs put in, but uh, Tollywood is actually makes more money in India than any other kind of cinema but because Bollywood is better known in America, whenever people see any movie from India, they say that it gets grouped in with
1: that. Got it, got it. Yeah, I didn't know. I mean, I, thank you for telling us honestly. I would have had no yeah, idea. Yeah, so good information. Yeah, for sure. I was gonna say I don't think Dan's gonna praise my number five pick, but here we f- let's fucking go, Paul. I need you. Ty West X is my number five. It was actually higher <laughs> before I saw a couple movies recently. Thank God Dan left the streams. I know he <laughs> hates is this God. movie. Um, I'll keep going here until he comes back to give me shit. But he, you know, Ty West had two home runs this year. I mean, Pearl didn't make my top five, but it is in my top 10, I think. Definitely in my top 15. I think Mia Goss' performance in Pearl is better, but the movie as a whole X is better. Ty West does this thing where he pays homage to whatever era the film is taking place where he almost tries to shoot it through the lens as if it's happening in real time. And this film takes place in 1979 and you get that really kind of grainy, gritty style of filmmaking that was probably taking place back then, not only in Hollywood, but in the, like the porn industry, which is featured here at kind of its infancy stages in the mid to late seventies, you know, some great character development between these characters. And that's what the really strong thing about this movie is, is not necessarily the horror aspect, which I do like when we get into the third act of the film and the tension that builds there. But the characters really are what kind of kept me involved along with the craft and the the things that we see on the technical side as well. So I am a sucker for Ty West. Like house of the devil is still one of my favorite horror movies ever. I just love his minimalistic style and his, you know, he doesn't go for the cheap thrills. He kind of like makes you kind of work for it as an audience member, Paul, I'm going to let Dan bitch at me in a second, but what, Paul, what did you, I don't know if I know what you thought of X.
3: I liked it. I I didn't love it the way that others do. So I'll let Dan bitch. It's, it's a fine. But You didn't hate it though. No, no, (laughs) I didn't. didn't hate it. I, you know, it was a, I think maybe by the time films often come out here, especially these sort of smaller ones, we've had a two or three week delay and the, Twitter and the internet blown up about this film. Like, oh, how amazing is it? So I went in with that mentality. That's always a dangerous thing to do because you go inevitably you end up being a little bit disappointed about X, y, or Z because it wasn't the greatest. That's true. Ever. So that's yeah. true.
1: Lindsay, are you a fan of X? Have we talked about this one? I don't think we have.
0: I know you love it. So that I I'm kind go ahead. Of, yeah. No i I liked it. Did not love it. Also, it wasn't. It just wasn't my thing. I did. I liked. Pearl better. Um,
2: okay,
0: but I I did appreciate the grainy, gritty, you know, film style that it had, and I was drawn into the story. I really, I remember really liking the music. The music brought me in right away. Um, but I just think overall, mm-hmm. it wasn't, it wasn't my cup of tea. You
1: know, before Dan says whatever he wants to say about it, I. It, it, ty west fascinates me because you know he he writes it he directs it he's editing his own movies i'm just gonna tell you guys like as doing little five minute video edits or whatever this guy's insane like (laughs) he's has a big enough name now where he could hire as many editors as he wants to do whatever he wants uh you know he just kind of takes this like control of these projects and really has a vision that i feel like comes across i thought pearl was great too to your point Lindsay, that's also one of my favorite movies of the year, um, really carried by me a Goss performance in that one. But I did love the subtle kind of like, you know, almost like bloody wizard of Oz type aesthetic that is in Pearl. So I did really like that movie too. Dan, anything you want to say about my number five pick buddy?
2: It's a bad pick, <laughs> but this is here. We are here to celebrate, uh, good movies. Yeah. And you think this is a good movie. Yeah. And that's why your opinion is always invalid. It did it for me. Uh, Th- this is a better shot Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and I have no respect for Texas Chainsaw oh, Massacre.
1: Hey. So. Hey, oh, man. This guy. All Oof. right. Well, there you go. Those are our fives. We're swinging around to our number fours now. Lindsey Dunn, what do you got at number four? The views of Dan Brennick
3: do not reflect the other people on this goal. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, I may be I may be preaching to the choir here by I'm bringing in a Netflix movie here. So wondering if this is going to come up in Dan's list. That movie would be The Wonder, uh, directed Mm. by Sebastian Lillo, with starring the ineffable Florence Pugh. Um, I'm curious if you guys saw this, but uh, I really loved it. I liked how it was a mystery. I liked the the unorthodox beginning that let you know that things were going to be different than you expected. I liked Florence Pugh's performance, of course. I don't think I've ever seen her in a performance I don't like. Um, But this was sort of like a period piece, drama mystery that could have fit into the world of Sherlock Holmes, but yet it also was a really good explanation without a lot of expedition about what it means to be Irish and to be in that intersection between sort of um, you know religion and also that folk you know the the beliefs of taking taking religion in a slightly wrong direction and turning it against your children in a way that is very cruel. But so it was a really interesting movie, definitely not something I expected. I appreciated how we had some real veteran actors in here like Kieran Hines and Toby Jones and also Neam Alger, and I'm probably butchering her name, but she's a face I want to see more of because she was in a really great horror movie that came out at Sundance, Maybe you remember, maybe you know which which one that is. But it was about the film Nasty movies, and she starred in that. Oh, if anybody Sensor. remembers the title,
4: Censor. Sensor, yes, yeah.
0: exactly. She was the, the lead actress in that, and I was happy to see her come up. So it was really uh, they really touched into a lot of things. I think people are uh, mm-hmm. about the Irish culture. Yeah.
1: Well, anything Florence Pugh's in, you got me. I'm on board. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> I remember I did it. Yeah, and that's why I'm it. shocked
2: It's not even wasn't even on your radar. Like, just that alone. Like, I felt low. Well, I was like, well, I mean, hi, Gerald. Here's this movie that you will like for only one reason. Watch it. And you were probably just like, fuck this guy. Well,
1: she was the draw for it, for sure. Um, I, I remember I did enjoy it. I, I just wasn't, like, blown away by it, Lindsay, but I did really like it. I thought it was a good movie, and I thought she was tremendous in it. I love Toby Jones in it, and I remember it looked really cool. It was a really well-shot movie, great cinematography. So I feel like it's a great pick. I just – I don't know. I just didn't – like, I didn't walk away going, wow, that was one of my – you know what I mean? I Like, I liked it, and I was kind of like, all right, that was it. What about mm-hmm. you guys, Dan? Did you – you you cover this yeah. for the show or you did right
2: i didn't cover it for the show oh. but i did watch it uh it's it's fine i it's it, it, a lot of the things you said are correct it's just i feel less strongly about them um, there, there are some interesting aspects to it and uh, that it ultimately being what it's about is just kind of like mm, sure i get it but also like mm, <laughs> feels cheap but i mean uh, that's just me and a story and just be like, Oh, it's, it's, it's a lot of the times whenever the, the curtain is pulled back and you see the marionette strings and how they're working. It's kind of like, Oh, this is a bit disappointing. That's kind of how it was for me. Sometimes that were, sometimes when you pull back the curtain, you're, you you kind of marvel at what's going on behind the curtain. This is one of those times where it's kind of like, eh, that's it. That okay. was a
1: really unorthodox opening though. Lindsay, I remember that. I remember going, I, I thought I hit the wrong button or something. Cause I'm like, <laughs> what the hell is this?
2: Yeah. Um, so, oh! I now I remember what you're talking about. That pulled me out of the movie entirely. Yeah, the like, whole, that was like, actually one of the negatives I had for the movie. Movie set just like, or whatever, what yeah. are we doing here? Yeah. What is this? Paul, did you check
1: no, out The Wonder?
3: I haven't seen yeah. it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm 0 for 2 on Lindsay's list. But um, sounds like I need to watch this one and have an opinion.
1: All right. Well, what do you got at your number four, buddy?
3: Another Netflix film. And I know oh, wow. he's a bit of a champion of this one in the, in your patron P's chat and I think maybe I was the first person to watch it and started trumpeting how good it was. I will say the one negative, the one knock on the film for me is the very, very end, which I won't spoil, Mm. obviously, but it brought it down. But Athena might be the most stunningly shot film I've seen in the last five, maybe 10 years. And it has, inarguably, in my opinion, the best opening shot in all of cinema history. Wow. (laughs) All of cinema history? Yeah. There is nothing. Yep. nothing
1: I agree with this to, is, to, this, to is, this is the like. well,
3: fuck. Yep.
1: All right. And I haven't I'll, seen it, so I can't comment is, on did you that. See it? But
3: wow.
0: I don't even know what this is.
3: So it's basically a French film about a huge civil uprising in these tenement apartment blocks when a young boy is killed by the police, and the police are refusing to take responsibility. And they're hiding behind who did this, and the young boy's three brothers, one of whom is a decorated war, uh, veteran, who's appealing to the masses for calm and his younger well his his younger brother but the young boy's next young, oldest brother he is leading the uprising and then there's a third brother who's basically a drug dealer. And it's how all three of these are responding to this when they do cause this riot and then have the police surround this tenement building and move in to quell the unrest and how it all sort of plays out from there. But the opening shot starts with the soldier walking down a corridor at the police station he walks into all oh, one shot, you know, everything, everything about to say happens in one shot. He appeals for calm. The, the camera goes through the crowd to his, what turns out to be his brother, who throws a Molotov cocktail. A car drives straight through the front of the building and then chaos ensues as they run into the building, steal all the, the police officers' weapons, including whole lockers with them, onto the back of these trucks. All still one shot, drive out of there all the way back to the tenement building, still one shot with the camera in and out of the car they get into the building and then we have five or six minutes for establishing other minor characters around them before pulls away this huge one shot with the title card comes over the top. 11 to 12 minutes of absolute brilliance. Wow. And then there's a okay. whole bunch of those more of those shots. Nowhere near as good as that first one mm-hmm. which is its big signature yeah. piece but a bunch of other ones like that as we get the point of view of, of the police officers or the SWAT officers who are having to storm the building mixed with these three characters and, and finally one other person who sort of comes into the mix. It's really technically... One of the greatest films I think ever made. The story is very bare bones. It is what it is. The acting seems pretty good. It's always hard to tell in a foreign language, for me at least. And it's absolutely compelling right to the very last shot, which, as I said, was a little bit of a letdown for me. If not for that, this would probably be my favorite film of the year. Wow. Well, I haven't seen it.
0: Exactly.
3: Sounds. It's just flown under then. the radar. I don't you... understand. I really don't. Dan, you've seen it. Yeah. Like
2: Gerald, there was a, Gerald, there was a reason I was not alone the whole time. Uh, these are all correct takes, as I have seen this movie. Uh, and I saw it, and I just went, holy shit, Athena, everyone go watch it in the in the two-piece chat. And Paul's like, Dan, I was on this. I just want <laughs> you to know I was on this. I'm like, I should have listened. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, this movie's fantastic. Uh, yeah, this is uh, low, t- kind of. It's my number three. Yeah. It's it, every, Everything Paul said is correct everything everything like there there not not a single word was incorrect hey, this is you. a, a fa- this is a great movie <laughs> everyone should go see it. it's on Netflix right now it's called athena like right. the the god the goddess the greek goddess uh because that is the name of the, the building like yeah. yeah, well, yeah. this
1: must be this must be more of netflix's stellar marketing i guess cuz yeah. i i mean aside from you guys mentioning it i i don't I mean, it, it hasn't even popped up them. on my thing. Yeah. yeah,
2: it's also a foreign language movie, and typically foreign language movies do not travel well mm-hmm. with Netflix for some reason. If you look at them, like they average about like five and a half out of ten on IMDb. So, mm-hmm. like, and that's typically like a more like Western, like Western English speaking website. So, I think that's why I think they've just kind of given up on like their foreign language movies, with the exception of like Troll, which came out this year. I saw her in 2022, like aside from like big potential budget, like notable stuff, Netflix is like, "Eh." all right, well, sure. Here's this. You might like it. Uh, You probably won't because you you don't like the the foreign (laughs) (laughs) language.
1: Well, Paul had uh, Athena at his four. Dan, what do you got at your number four, buddy?
2: Hi, Julio. How are you? I hope you're good and I hope you continue to listen to this podcast Mm -hmm. as uh, my number four. It's your favorite movie of 2022, I know for sure. Uh, it's the Batman. Hey, <laughs> did
1: you do that right when Julio joined? That's perfect.
2: Oh, did Julio join? Oh, oh, brutal! <laughs> yeah, it's it's the Batman, man. Uh, like it's it does drag in the middle. Uh, that is its big flaw is that like whenever we get the oh, Tom the Swing was potentially a bad guy. Paul Paul's doing the not a long thing. Yes, good call. Uh, whenever Tom, we get the reveal that Thomas Wayne, oh potential bad guys, just, like the the movie kind of grinds to a halt and focuses on that. And that's something I've always like considered. Like I've, I first heard about that in the Batman Telltale game, and I was like, oh, this is an interesting concept. I want to hear more of this. And I finally get it in a movie. And I'm just like, oh my god, please stop telling me more of this. This is not interesting in any way, shape, or form. Aside from that, it has one of my favorite car chase scenes of all time in the movie. Uh, and I've watched 10 Fast and Furious movies. <laughs> yeah. So, like, yeah. Uh, that The Batmobile chase sequence gets me hyped every time. Just hearing the way the jet engine spins up. Like, the like. Imagine, imagine you, like, imagine, and this is something I want, is Batman as a horror villain? Mm. Like, so, you know, you have uh, Gotham criminals shot as though they're, like, you're at least your protagonist, and they're being chased by this malevolent force who winds up being Batman. But, like, imagine seeing that scene from that perspective of, like, this horrific-sounding jet engine and just the extreme worry and concern for your well being that comes over you, and then of course the the chase scene afterwards is is remarkable. Uh, the mystery is great. It's a it's a great anti like one percent kind of kind of movie. Which there's a lot of that shit this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the ending, of course, because you can't you can't have the Riddler be sympathetic because you agree with him. So you have to have him take it too far. That's what it is, unfortunately. That's unfortunately like most movies where it's like, we don't, we understand that you agree with this guy, but we can't have you agree with this methods. So we have to make him just kill innocent people for no reason. Mm -hmm. Enjoy that takes away a little bit, but still one of the more enjoyable experiences. I've watched this movie three times now. Uh, That's my most watched movie of 2022. And yes, Gerald, it is almost three hours. And yes, Gerald, I have put in almost nine hours of my life watching this movie.
1: Yeah. Well, I dug this one too. I mean, I I share your critique of kind of the wall kind of, you know, after the first act and kind of like a lot of dialogue, a lot of kind of like exposition and it kind of lulls a little bit, but then once it kind of comes back up in the up curve uh, it mm-hmm. never lets up. So yep. this is a prime example. I love this movie. It's in my top 10. It's not in my top five, but this is a prime example of like, let's edit 20 or 30 minutes, guys. Like, what are we doing here? Like, like let's just bit. shave a little bit of this off to appeal to a wider audience of which I would be one and probably would have gained at least a half star in my rating if, if that had happened. So, but I love Batman. I love the lore of Batman. So I thought Pattinson did a great job as Batman. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I, I love Jeffrey Wright in this film too. I feel like he's kind of overlooked his performance. But yeah, great pick, man. Uh, Lindsay, are you a fan of the Batman? Matt Reeves is Batman?
0: Uh, it was okay. I mean, <laughs>
2: <That's right. laughs> turnabouts fair play. I,
0: I did see it. I saw it uh, again recently. I watched it in, in its entirety just because it was up for best score for NC Film Critics, and I wanted to give it its due. Um, so I enjoyed it the second time. I think the first time, a lot of times when I'm, especially when I'm watching superhero movies, it's a little hard for me to get into them, but I, I enjoyed it more the second time than the first time.
1: All right, Paul, you sounded like maybe you were lukewarm on it. Where are you? you It's a
3: good film. I liked it. It's not in my top five here either, but, uh, I understand that people who are more, into dc and batman will probably get more out of it than i did i think it was a nice different take on what we'd seen before and yeah mm-hmm. just had it been better paced and perhaps a little bit more I don't know, punchy then I, I probably would have enjoyed it a lot more but yeah i absolutely gave it a i think three and a half stars which is pretty good for me
1: all right well great pick the batman is dan's number four talk about being punchy and to the point how about dan trachtenberg's prey oh yeah that's my number that's my number four low absolutely fucking. slightly yeah you know what i agree with you actually it was much higher a couple of weeks ago my list kind of got shifted around in the last couple of weeks i've been watching so many movies to catch up i love this movie so much i mean just the nostalgia and the lore of predator and kind of having that dropped into this different setting amber mid thunder's performance is one of the best of the year in my opinion as our heroine here great but uh, it's just nonstop, man. It's just like, even if you don't have a connection to the predator films, I feel like th- you can enjoy this as like a pure kind yeah. of like action kind of horror adjacent adventure film. Like it's just really just pedal to the metal from the first five minutes to the end of the movie. And I, I just, I love it, man. It's just the imagery. And like I said, you know, like the some of the CGI is a little wonky, especially like with yeah. the bear sequence. Yeah. yeah. You know, but I I'm just enjoying it so much. I'm entertained so much by it that I don't really care. Like, in other words, I I don't mind them saving some of that money because I'm still I'm still happy. Like, I'm still loving it. It's still a popcorn flick that I'm going to watch. Over. The rewatchability on this is through the roof. Agree. Like, if, if I see anybody comes to my house and wants to watch a movie and they haven't seen Prey, it's like literally the first one or two movies I'm gonna to recommend to them. Like, have you seen Prey? No, okay, well, we're fucking watching that. Like, you need to see this. Uh it's in and out, it's great action. Um, and I'm a big fan of it. Uh, Paul, you you're nodding in agreement over there. It's coming up on your list,
3: I guess. It is, it is. Number three. So just to, to acknowledge it where, right. where it become comes to me. I agree with everything you said there, including the the CGI is a bit wonky, particularly in that bear sequence. If they had to spent another five to ten million on this film, this is where I'll disagree yeah. with you. This should have been released into theaters, and I think it would have, oh, it have. a made bank, and B would have completely revitalized this franchise. Because now we have this model where take the Predator and stick it into different periods in cinema history, in, sorry, in our history, and yeah. watch the mayhem into You. Who doesn't want to see a Roman ninjas weird. versus Predator film? Who doesn't want to see I was just Roman, just talking, I was just Roman gladiators? About I know, yeah.
1: I was just talking about a friend of mine or talking with a friend of mine at work the other day and I'm like, what if, you know, the Predator was the Civil War era? Yeah, you go. you know, it's like, (laughs) you can put them anywhere.
3: It could be an absolute cash cow for them and I hope that they'll give, if not Dan Trachtenberg, you might want to move on to other things, another like kind of style director who can make these smaller films and turn out something really quality because everything, the, the pacing, the action when it comes, the the development of this character who we follow through this film, who is, she's fantastic. You're mm-hmm. so rooting hard for, I mentioned that about fresh before. This is, if you want to call it my favorite horror film of the year. And some people call it a horror film because of the gore. Yeah. I, I, I get it. I, I'm very much, a, it's more a sci-fi adventure or action film. Sure. But, yeah. But anyway, it's, it's fantastic. Anyway, you look at it. I had the luck, the fortune of seeing it on one of my friends, this huge home theater screen. We put it up there and though we did sort of acknowledge the bear looks a bit shit, Still played really, really well on that bigger screen. Yeah. So, yeah, I
1: great, imagine. great pick. Love this film. Yay. It's my number four. Lindsay, did you see Prey? What do you think of this one?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I saw it, and I'm one of those people that came to this never seeing a Predator movie before. So, um, mm. I really enjoyed it. I liked that there was the main character was indigenous and, you know, it wasn't a side character who was guiding everybody, and you do root for her. It was great action, I liked their relationship with her brother, and mm-hmm. just from the story from from start to finish, I sort of wish they had done one of the options they had considered, I remember hearing, is that they weren't going to name it Prey, they were going to name it something else, and then just at the end, reveal it was part of the Predator franchise, and oh, I okay. wish they kind of would have done that to make it a big, even more of a big surprise and splash, and people could have that okay enjoy the movie for what it is because i do think it stands alone even without being part of that franchise um but it's just a bonus that oh this is a gate also a gateway into this you know series that you can now enter if you want to see the rest yep. of the movies
1: yep um one thing i'll say i'll ask dan did you see prey yes okay uh <laughs> let me
2: just do you want me to elaborate <laughs> yeah, on that? i
1: do but real but real quick one thing i failed to mention it, it's a really a heartwarming film too. Like it has a lot of heart to it, Uh, particularly for her character, for Amber Thunder's character. There's one line that stuck with me that might be like one of my favorite lines in cinema in the whole year. And that's when her family's trying to convince her, like, look, you're not a warrior. Like, there's no reason for you to be out there on the battlefield. Like, what are you doing? And they ask her, they say, why do you want to fight? And she says, because you all think that I can't. Mm. Um, And her like, just, to where she ends up when she's fighting the Predators at the end and her kind of journey to get there of self-discovery and kind of proving herself with her tribe and stuff. It was just, it's just really touching. I feel like Dan, what did you think of this one? Hopefully you enjoyed it.
2: Uh, yes, I did enjoy it. I, I don't want to say anything about the movie itself. I want to say something else. It's about, uh, this movie that came out on Netflix last year in 2021, it's called The Ice Road. No. Now, the movie's dog shit. <laughs> complete, complete and utter dog shit, okay? But that's but that's not the point. The point is is that Amber Mid-Thunder is basically the lead of that movie. Oh, okay. Or if not, the the co-lead. And on the poster, the two people that are credited are Liam Neeson and Lawrence Fishburne. F- Lawrence Fishburne's in the movie for about five fucking minutes. And Amber Myth thunders in it for the whole goddamn thing and isn't credited on the goddamn poster. And I was so upset about that, despite the movie being absolute dog shit. Horrendous movie. But I was upset. Like, why is the person in, who's in the entire movie not on the poster? That makes no sense to me. So I'm glad that Prey comes out in 2022 and everyone's like, oh, "Wow, wow. Am- Amber Mint thunder great. Great actress, love her. I'm glad to see her get some credit now. Uh, I hope she gets more credit than she would have ever gotten for the ice road. She obviously does, but like she used the best part of the ice road, like by far. She actually treated it like an actual project. Everyone's was like, "I'm here for money. I don't really care." Uh, you know, so I'm glad Amber Mid is getting her flowers now.
1: Yeah, I think to that's your I, I to think to your that. point, her. I mean, in Prey, it's one of the. I mean, I know it's an action movie or whatever, but I think that's one of those like a stars born moments. Like, her name is just out there now. I mean, you know, she was nominated at the Critics' Choice Awards for this performance, and I I think she's got big things on the horizon. I thought she did a great job. One of the best performances, one of the best movies of the year. So Uh, that's it for my number four, guys. So we are up to our threes. Lindsay, you're up first. What do you got at number three?
0: For number three, I have the jaw-dropping social horror Speak No Evil, directed by Christian Mm. Tapdrup. Gerald, I know you saw this one and it was one of your favorite horror movies of of last year as well. (sighs) But this movie really sneaks up on you. You are watching this and you're like, okay, I know this is a horror movie, but I love when a horror movie, uh, for me, the best horror movies are about getting into these situations that you're like, okay, what if this turned horrific? And the whole idea is what if we accepted an invitation to come to their house. These, this couple we met on a vacation, we only knew them for a week, and now they're inviting us to come visit them at their home. What if we said yes? And Christian Taftrip actually based this story on a situation that happened to him. He was on a vacation and... Oh, wow. Had he had this invitation, and afterwards he and his partner talked about, well, what if we had gone? And that conversation sparked this movie. But the whole... is about basically like the way that we often feel obligated to go along with things to be polite and how if taken to the extreme that could be really work against you and end up being a situation you can't get out of once you start down that path If you keep it to its conclusion, bad things are going to happen where you're sort of just giving more and more ground to the other person. And I like how it can be appreciated on a lot of different levels. It can be just a story itself. I also saw a really great analysis of how this is about extreme extremist ideology and people can really go into that uh, comparing it to things like fascist Italy or Germany and how how uh politically things have happened in the past where people said okay we'll just go along with it not to make a fuss and how that turned bad. So I like how it can be appreciated on different levels and that you're unsettled but you don't know why until it's way too late.
1: Yeah, this movie fucked me up. <laughs> <laughs> this movie paul dan did y'all see speak no evil it's a shutter original paul list i'm sitting it
3: okay i don't, you... I yet.
1: Okay. <laughs> uh, well, I don't want to spoil things. it for you then i'll i'll kind of stop there i'll just say that it will leave you like it left me yeah it, this didn't happen literally but it had the feeling of leaving me in the fetal position in a corner at the end of it all right. Like, you're just, like, rocking yourself, like, oh, my God. Like, I can't believe... Challenge accepted. Uh, but it's a slow <laughs> burn to get there. You know, it takes it takes a minute, but it does build the tension. It builds the characters and the setting. And it kind of, like, you know, comf- gets you comfortable. You know, it kind of settles you into the situation. Mm-hmm. Kind of like what Lindsay was explaining about being with his family. And the last 15, 20 minutes is just, like, I mean, I'm literally... I, we're on video. I'm literally like this the whole time. Like I just can't fuck. I can't believe. um,
2: For the love of, for the love of your editor, please love God speaking. I know.
1: I'm so sorry.
0: Well, Uh, well, I
2: assume you,
1: well,
0: well, Gerald's not speaking. I will also shout out the score composer soon. Cotter Colster. Uh, I did a really great interview with him. That's on my channel. uh, Who made the score composer for this. And it totally makes the movie as well.
1: Yeah, you no, know, a great score for sure. Dan, did you see Speak No Evil?
2: That requires me to own Shudder, and I don't own Shudder.
1: I didn't think so. I just wanted to – I don't know if you had any commentary on it. But, yeah, it's a fucking – it's a crazy movie. It's uh, – like I said, it's a slow burn, but it's a great watch. And any horror fan, Paul, yourself included, you should definitely check it out. So Yeah, for
3: sure. Thank you.
1: Speak No Evil. And that takes us over to your three, Paul. I feel did like – Talked about it already? already?
3: Pray. It's a moving Pray right hound.
1: All right. So, Dan, what do you got at number three, buddy?
2: My number three, we already talked about, and by we, I mean Paul. Uh, it's Athena. Hey. All right.
1: I guess I need to see this, huh? Yes.
0: I wrote it down on my is list this, to say y'all Is now.
1: this under two hours, Paul? Yes. It better be. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, then I'll check it out. <laughs> <laughs> I oh,
2: it sure. Only movies under two hours are on Paul's list. Uh, yeah.
1: It. I mean, I know Paul and I share that. Actually, not uh, true.
3: 97 minutes, Gerald. There you go. Get into it. Hey, 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 hey. Well, if I got to watch it tonight,
1: probably. <laughs> All right, so there you go. So crossover galore there, but we are up to my number three, which has not been mentioned yet. My number three is Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, from the Daniels, Daniel Shiner to Daniel Kwan. This is, I, I feel like this is the, and I've said this before, this is the movie of 2022. If there was, you know, like 50 years from now, when my kids or whoever look back at a book of cinema from this era and there's one movie to represent every year, I feel like this is the movie that will represent 2022. Not it's allowed, just such Gerald. A Not
3: allowed. It's too long. Too long. Edit your list, please. 140 minutes.
1: <laughs> it's too long. 140 minutes <laughs> uh, only? Ah, oh, crap. All right, well. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, you know what? I got an even longer one coming up for my runner-up, so uh, stay tuned, uh, which might be a divisive pick. But anyway... I don't know. I I mean, Michelle Yeoh kills it in this. I think she's going to be your best actress winner this year, in my opinion. Uh, Kee kwan has been sweeping at award season. He's going to continue to do that. He gives a great, just pivotal supporting performance. Mm -hmm. You know, coming from Spielberg era with Indiana Jones and the stuff that he did. It's great to kind of see what's happening with him. Stephanie Sue might be my best performance in the whole movie. Like, she might be my favorite personally. Like, I love her arc. I love all the different variations we see of her, like the kind of menacing evil villain side and then the kind of like quiet daughter side. I think it's just so many great performances in this movie, great direction. And it's a a movie that really affects you too, like on so many levels, like just wanting to find the right balance for your family and wanting to get back to the place that feels like home to you, you know? And that's kind of what, our characters going through that Michelle Yeoh is portraying here. So like I said, I feel like anybody that talks about 2022 in cinema, this is going to be top of mind, whether it's in your top five or not. But for me, it falls
3: at number three. What do you guys think? Anyone? Yeah, look, I'll jump in real real quick. So it's literally my number six. Didn't quite make this list. It's in my own mentions. Everything you said is correct. I think this caught the whole world completely unaware. It kind of crept into theaters this little release, and gradually it's taken over the world. And like you say, it's going to be a big player come award season, despite being released in May, which is something that just about never Mm -hmm. bloody happens. So the performance is a great storyline. I think the first half of this film is just pure perfection. And I think it carries on too long in the second half to make its point over and over and over again, which is what drops it out of my top five. But you're absolutely right. This is the film which is on everyone's list. And uh, it, it is the biggest splash a release of 2022, no question.
1: Dan, did you get a chance to check this out? I sent you the code.
2: Yeah, uh, I, I tweeted about it, and you liked the tweet. So I? I mean,
1: <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember <laughs> any of this. That was a different. <laughs> that was a different universe. I think
2: was, that was like, a different was universe. Fucking, a fucking last night. Yeah, that was before the. Oh, yeah, yeah um, that was before the <laughs> yeah. hot dog fingers. Um, I mean, if there's any, if there's been anything that ever took me out of a movie, it's hot yeah, dog they fingers. Go back to that joke uh, um, way
3: too many times. <laughs>
2: Way way too many times, but uh, that in spite of that. the The movie is fantastic. Uh, it's I, I I'm remiss to I'm a weirdo. I don't like giving out four and a half five stars on first watches. Uh, this movie came very close to getting that honor, though. Uh, this is uh, legitimately a fantastic movie. It's my number one movie oh, of the year. Oh wow! Uh, and I literally watched it last night. Oh wow! I was,
3: okay. Uh, no, nothing. Wait, wait. Jared liked but, your post last night and doesn't remember.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, no,
3: I remember the hot
1: dog fingers, but what was it? Did you just tweet that, or was it a reference to something?
2: No, oh no, I po- no, no. I said, I said, Gerald, put your hot dog fingers in my mouth.
1: Yeah, but I, I just thought you were fucking saying that to me. Like I didn't take it as a review of the film.
2: You know, <laughs> so- a, as someone who who is adjacent to film Twitter, I do the hashtag sure. now playing everything everywhere all at once all right. with a gif, and then Julio posted something, <laughs> and then I said, Gerald, put your hot dog fingers in my mouth. And Gerald thought I like, you
3: were right. just. That's our plans. The next time
1: edit. we catch up, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're close by. I gotta make a yeah. habit. All right. Okay. It,
2: uh, the, the The acting in this movie is fantastic from everybody. Uh, everyone is bringing their A game. Uh, I didn't recognize Jamie Lee Curtis for about three minutes. I'm like, mm. is that Jamie Lee Curtis? What the fuck is she doing in this movie? Yeah. And then she just goes on to have this bonkers performance of her own. It's actually crazy what she does in this. Uh, like, it, it, it's everyone bring. Like, it's the best everyone's ever been in this movie from like your main, your main four actors. Uh, and also when I told, uh, my girlfriend or fiance or whatever the fuck you want to call her, uh, who, who, uh, uh, key was in the movie. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's fucking short round. And she's like, there's no way. And I'm like, yep, that's yep. short and round data. from like 40 years ago.
1: And data too. Yeah. And
2: she, yeah. And data, uh, we don't talk about the Goonies. Whoa. Here. Hey, Oh, uh,
1: no, we do. Uh, uh, our boy I, I Nick mean, doesn't. We do.
2: I I respect that man too much to talk about the goons. Oh, is that but what it is? Yeah, yeah. Th- this movie's fantastic, and I, I I can't I can't recommend it enough. Having just watched it literally yesterday.
1: Nice guys. When he gave his speech at I think it was the Globes, the Golden yeah, Globes. Awesome. I cried, and it was the first award of the night. I'm like I'm already mm-hmm. crying. Like what the hell? I mean, this guy has just had such a just just trajectory. You know, Kihi Kwan and. When he thanks Spielberg for giving him yeah. a shot, I mean that was you know when they the camera shows Spielberg at the tail. I mean it was just too much for me. I just like, oh my god, my childhood's flashing before my eyes. Uh, Lindsay, is this on your list? What do you th- what do you think about this film? I assume you're a fan.
2: It's,
0: I like it. It's not on my it's not on my list. So you're wrong, Dan. You're wrong. It's not on my top list, but it is
2: that's fine.
0: <laughs> it is a good movie. Um I had to, I, this is another one I had to see again. I think for me it was built up too much, so I was expecting to be blown away. But mm-hmm. um, it was it was good, and I really appreciated the acting. Like Kiki Kwan, he's he's like you know my definite pick for best supporting actor. Michelle Yeoh is definitely in my top five female performances of this year. So I love the acting. I really like the costumes. I want. Her, um, I want Michelle Yeoh's red cardigan that said "punk." I, won't, I am looking for that cardigan now. So, like, <laughs> the costumes were all wonderful. Um, I think I was expecting more from the special effects than than they delivered, uh, but it, it was enjoyable. It was fun. It was heartwarming, and you can't really say anything against it.
1: Sure, sure. Well, the you know the NC film critics. They fucking mm-hmm. liked it. <laughs> they went nuts for it. I think it won like literally everything that it was up for. I was like, wait a second. It's oh, not one animated. Right. What, what best animated? <laughs> um all right, fuck, so boy, we're, <laughs>
2: fuck you, Paul.
1: We, so we went around our threes. We're up to our runner-ups. Lindsay, what do you got at number two?
0: Okay, so my number two is another little indie jam, something in the dirt, directed by Ooh. Aaron Moorhead and Justin Benson. Have you four, guys four, seen four. this on my list? Oh no!
1: But I've seen I, all their other films. I I watched it on your recommendation, actually, um, okay. about a month ago or so. I mean, it was good. I I don't. I guess like based on your tweets and stuff, I was expecting like, oh my god, this is going to blow me away, and it didn't blow me away. But I did really enjoy it. I don't think it's their best movie, but
0: so for you, it, it was, was very. The- Like everything, everywhere, all at once, for me, the way it was.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was. It, but it was good. It was good. But I I know that it affected you. So, talk a little Mm -hmm. bit about it, real quick.
0: I rate a lot of the ways I rate movies are my experience watching it and how much I enjoyed it in that moment and what what it did to me. So, I love uh, a puzzle box movie, and you know, this is these two random dudes that end up in the same apartment complex, and They are going to do, you know, neighborly things for each other and then some phenomenon where ashtrays are floating in the room. And so they decide they're going to make a movie um, about what that is and what's happening. They don't know what it is. So they're like, we're going to make a documentary together. And so it's a movie about making a, a documentary. And. I love just the way their brains work and uh, so we're wondering too what this is going on so we think they're going to record it but then it sort of changes and you go okay is what I'm actually watching what's actually happening or am I watching the movie they made and uh, so it really messes with your brain and reality and you start to question what you're seeing and then oh there's these talking heads that come in and now they're talking about it as if somebody's dead or what happened and they're talking about the mystery of that so it's just one of these movies that you could talk about and analyze forever and that's i like talking about Hmm. things after i'm done watching them i want to talk to someone and say what did you think about it what did you get out of it what do you think happened and this movie allows allowed me to do that with just about anyone i mean these guys are the darlings of of our time right now they're they uh, did, you know, writing on, on several episodes, directing, writing on several episodes of Moon Knight. They're going to be doing Loki coming up. So I'm just on board with pretty much anything that they are going to put out from now on.
1: No, for sure. Yeah, they definitely have that eye, and you can kind of see that. And everything they do is very interesting. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you never watch anything of theirs and go, well, this is boring, or, you know, everything is very intriguing and you kind of want to pay attention to what they're doing. So I agree with you there. Made Paul by or Dan, three y'all people. See something in the dirt. Made
0: by three people. That's it. You know, it's like That's small it. budget, yeah. all yeah. that. Yeah.
1: No, I haven't said yeah. it. On the list, literally. Dan, something in the dirt? No. <laughs>
2: Come on, Gerald. You expect me to watch movies? <laughs> it was on Netflix. I... Uh, uh, for a movie podcast, you expect me to watch movies? Just, Come on.
3: Just checking. Paul, what do you have for your runner-up, sir? Well, you mentioned that one of yours high up might be divisive. I think mine is too. This is another long film. Not quite everything, every, all at once long, but 137 minutes long. So you might be out, Gerald. I don't, can't remember what you thought of this movie. But it was a big release sort of earlier in the year. It's The Northman from Robert Eggers. No,
1: no, I'm into it, dude. It's Robert Eggers. Are you kidding me?
3: Yeah. Look, his most accessible film probably, and he's complained that the studio messed with it, but I like this film more than his other films. I don't know what I was expecting. but What? It was... All right, yeah. hang on. I don't like, <laughs> I don't like The Pavich. Sorry, Gerald. It's oh, standard <laughs> average. I think The Lighthouse is great, and this is an improvement uh-huh. even on that in terms of entertainment value. Alexander Skarsgård, perfectly cast as this Viking on a revenge quest, simple as he just wants to kill the Man responsible for killing his dad and how he journey goes through that, but it's the way this story is told, it's the way that it's shot, it's the the fighting, the action, the gore sequences, the performances between all the back and forth between he and Anna Taylor Joy, who of course is one of your queens, Gerald. So, yeah, I know you would approve on that basis, <laughs> at least alone. Absolutely, yeah. I I is really, that- really enjoyed this film, and I didn't expect yep. to. Which maybe is what elevated it up here. It's the only film that I will buy on four K that I saw this year, other than my number one.
1: Well, I love The Northman. I, it, it's a very unique, like, type of action in this film. Like, it's a really deep film about. I mean, it's people are going to immediately think like it's a revenge film, and I mean, it is. It is. There's absolutely is. Know, the revenge components kind of drive the story forward or drive the narrative but there's so much like layered beneath that with what our main characters are going through. And it's just a beautifully shot. I mean, Eggers makes a different kind of movie. Like he doesn't just make a film. Like he makes like, it's just, there's just something different about it. And, you know, you mentioned the witch, which is my favorite of his and the lighthouse as well. But like, you just just see something. I've never heard Uh, of the witch. I'm sorry. The 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 witch. witch. Thank you. Uh, But there's just something different. Uh, It just doesn't, you know what I mean? Like it's like you can just tell there's just something extra there, and I think it's, Look, it's his an art, it's eye an and his art
3: house action film, basically. I think maybe that's what you're sure. circling. It has both sensibilities sure, yeah. and manages to pack them both into the film. And some of those, mm-hmm. call them dream or vision sequences, are just exquisite. And that took some people out of it who who just wanted the straightforward stuff. But for me, it just elevated the film even further. So yeah, blew my mind. How that last,
1: uh, how, how about that last battle? You oh, dig that with
3: the? Love. Oh, it's great, right? Yep. Yeah. Two dudes just with their dicks hanging out, swinging swords at each other. <laughs> that's So good. What more could you ask for? No with a volcano it. going off in the background, I mean, for God's sake.
1: That's all I asked for every day. And yep. finally, fucking Robert Eggers gave it to me. It was yeah,
3: great. You, you know, you think it's hot dog fingers for, for you want to give Dan. Actually, it's a big broad <laughs> if sword.
1: Only they had hot dog fingers during that battle. Wow. Um, what do you guys think of the Northman? Dan, have you caught this one yet?
2: It is on the 2P's nominations list. It They're is. Four. I will eventually watch okay. it.
1: It is. Dan's a, a big supporter. He he tries to watch every movie that's up for a golden P and this one got nominated for Best Action Excellent. this year, Paul.
4: Mm-hmm. And
1: it was actually number 12, I think, for Best Movie, too. So it was the 12th most <sighs> okay. mentioned film of the year as well. So a lot of love for this movie. And, you know, my big takeaway is just Edgar's kind of like dedication to his craft and the dialect and the authenticity that he towards the time periods and yeah. you know the research that must go into that um Lindsay, were you a fan of the northman what do you think of this one
0: it's a solid pick again not one of my favorite movies of the year but i did appreciate how it was uh the basis of hamlet and kind of learning about mm-hmm. that as a piece of literature so i enjoyed it I enjoyed the final battle scene as well, Um, but but lots of great, like you said, the attention to detail and all of the, he's another director for me that I'm always, you know, I'm always entertained at least anytime I watch something that he's doing.
1: Yeah, for sure. All right. So we are moving right along here, Dan, you'll be up next. What's your number two, buddy?
2: Ah, good. Something someone hasn't talked about. Thank God. Uh, so, Gerald, you should know this movie. You let me go see this movie instead of you, because ah. you're you're a cool person. Uh, and I saw this movie two months early. Uh, it's from everybody on Netflix, and I talked about it for two months and how I saw it two months early ahead <laughs> of everybody on Netflix. Uh, it's it's Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery. Yeah, or, sure. uh, a Knives Out, a Glass Onion mystery. <laughs> Wait, what? Dan has dyslexia sometimes and can't remember what a movie's titled a Mystery. Uh, Again, another one, uh, another anti 1% movie. Go ahead, Gerald. What do you well, want?
1: Well, can I just <laughs> say, I like this better than the original? Me too. I like it better than the first one. I really did. Uh, I didn't see it, obviously, early because I, I let you see it, but I saw it when it came on Netflix. And I got to tell you, man, I mean, the cast, which was also stacked in the first one, let's, let's be yes. real. But this, the cast this, was freaking stacked here. And I feel like yep. Daniel Craig's character was really, it was. Benoit Blanc was more in a setting where he wasn't like the detective. I mean, he was eventually, but that's not like why he was there. It kind of unfolds and we kind of see what's going on. But I don't know. It was just more of a fun vibe, I guess, than the original was. And I kind of like that kind of hip, like fun approach to this murder mystery, kind of like murder she wrote type thing they had going on. So uh, I freaking love this movie. But guess what? It's my number 20 of the year. Whoa.
2: Are you uh, play, uh, What? why? Get off your own podcast. What are you doing?
1: But go ahead. <laughs> Number what is the numbers for Two? Two. Glass Mystery, a knives out story.
2: <laughs> what? Glass knives. Okay. Um <laughs> uh, uh, hot dog finger knives. Yes. <laughs> uh, the North. Ever everywhere did. all one story. Uh so again, this is another anti one percent movie. Mm-hmm. And those are most of the time, I'm kind of, like, over them at this point. Like, Squid Game was the big, like, anti-1% thing. And, like, how they had the 1% p- pits the 99 against each other. And I'm like, holy fucking shit, just tell us a different story, please. But this was actually one of those ones where it, it investigated and looked into the 1% of the 1% and how the 1% of the 1% has control over the your perceived 1%. So, like, your your Elon Musk type of Edward Norton... Uh, and how he basically lucked into all his entire vast fortune and now has all these people just uh, like dangling them via puppet strings, just being like, I need you at any point, to take a fall for me at any time. So that way I'm protected. I'll protect you. Don't worry. And it, it was just kind of like that, that kind of inner circle thing that I really needed to, I really wanted other people to see. Cause I always felt like this, that, You have a men's rights activist. You have uh, a problematic fashion designer, to say the (laughs) least. You have a left-wing political candidate. And they're all tight in some way. And to me, that's always been the way it is. These people are always tight. And they just pit themselves against each other for the public eye so that way you can pay attention to them and make them more famous and make them more money. And that's it. And seeing this movie kind of reinforced that for me. So, uh, of course, confirming my own biases, but uh, Janelle Monáe is fantastic. Uh, What she does in this movie is is great. Uh, I I still, and I've said this on my show, I, I still want a fair mystery at some point. I want to be able to, you know, like a murder she wrote, use the pieces of evidence that have been presented to everybody fairly and try to figure out the mystery there. I don't know if that's what Ryan Johnson ever is interested in doing. If not, that's fine. But uh for me, I don't like this as much as Glass On or I don't like <laughs> this as much as Knives Out. This nomenclature is so bad. I, I don't like it as much as Knives Out, but I did like it more upon initial viewing than I did Knives Out. Mainly because I went in with checked expectations that Ryan Johnson is not going to present to you a straightforward mystery, as opposed to Knives Out where I assumed it was a mystery up front and in reality it was a drama comedy that morphed into a mystery. Well,
1: if, From what I recall, though, didn't they kind of tell you up front in Knives Out? Like, it wasn't like a mystery till the end, right? Or am I not remembering it correctly?
2: I mean, technically, it wasn't even a mystery. They told you who it was the That's entire time. That's
1: what I mean, time. yeah. So, I don't know. I, I mean, I need to revisit the first one, but I did. I, I don't know. I just feel like I walked away from this one like with a higher enjoyment level than I walked away with the first one.
2: That's fair uh like i uh, i think i think i grew to appreciate the movie itself of knives out versus like the the mystery aspect of it, it knives out is a bad mystery movie knives out is a great movie
1: mm, yeah sure uh lindsay paul what did you guys think of glass onion or knives onion glass out
0: i overall i these movies surprise i they're they're enigmatic to me because people are crazy about these movies and think they're like the second coming. And I'm like, this is basically like murder. She, Wrote. <laughs> uh, you know, haven't yeah. you guys ever seen a locked room mystery before? This is nothing new. This has been, this is a formula that's been happening forever in a day. I like them. They're fun movies. And I love Ryan Johnson. I could talk about brick all day long, but <laughs> I don't get the the craze about knives out
1: movies. Well, I think, I think Ryan Johnson's a big component, though, Lindsay. I think he really brings a different kind of vibe to that whole aesthetic, and I, I, I mean, that's what I love about him more than anything else, aside from like the stat cast that you get because there's just so many like A-listers that are just feeding off of each other. But and even some of the you know cameos even are A-listers like you know Ethan mm-hmm. Hawke and the different people we see. But Ryan Johnson's direction. It, Is just, he just really knows how to kind of bring the pain with that stuff. Like, cause you're right. If you, cause it's really like essentially like a game of clue, you know, Mm -hmm. and it, but it's brought to life by him. And it's like just this world that you just kind of want to be engulfed in. So I dig his, I love the last Jedi. I'll just tell you right now. (laughs) Ryan Johnson's my dude. So I'm a big fan of his direction (laughs) and his style. And I feel like it kind of bleeds over here to some of these movies too. So, I think it's a good pick, Dan. Glass Onion. There you go. That's uh, Dan's runner up, another Netflix film. I guess we can't be too surprised there. All right. So, guys, Paul's going to come at me. This film, I'm looking on Letterboxd, Paul. It is 189 minutes.
3: Oh, God. And it's
1: my runner up. It's my runner up for 2022. It is Damien Chazelle's Babylon. Oh, God. Seriously? Two. <laughs> Fucking seriously oh my
3: god i saw this like three nights ago the longest night i've ever spent in a
1: cinema
0: he just saw it he doesn't have time to think about it
3: this (laughs) movie oh i've
1: been thinking about it it hasn't left my mind i saw it today like 12 hours ago to be
3: fair i started watching it three days ago i haven't finished it yet so yeah that makes sense (laughs) look I I love La La
1: Land. That's probably still my favorite Giselle film. I know you're also lukewarm on that one, Paul. But that's probably my favorite film of his. And then it's Babylon. And then it's Whiplash. And then it's First Man. His, no matter what order you put it in, though. What's
3: going on here? You're trolling me,
1: but No matter what order you put it in, Paul, this guy is doing his thing. Like, he has had no duds. And this movie is just an exercise in excess, but it still Uh gives you, (laughs) but it still is coherent enough to where Uh. you're able to, in my opinion, where you're able to follow these really three main characters that I feel like are all very magnetic in their own way. So whenever they're on camera, it doesn't matter which storyline you're with, you're always into the movie. And I would have never thought like, I'm going to sit through a three plus hour movie and not be bored or checking my phone or like, but I was into this thing the whole time. I just love how Chazelle really just put everything he had into this and just took so many risks. And like I said, it's so excessive, but to a point where it's like, he's trying to show these juxtaposed styles and, things from old Hollywood and like kind of the things that we think we know from that era of the silent film, switching over to talkies and just kind of like our kind of psyche. Cause obviously we weren't around then. And he kind of takes what we think we know and kind of inserts these different like images and scenes. And I mean, there's some scenes I'll literally never forget, but Paul, you saw this. So the scene when uh, Margot Robbie is giving her first kind of like performance with sound. Yeah. Look, I'd say Dex. Hello, excellent. college. Yep. <laughs> I mean, dude, that ten, 10 or 15 minute sequence was fucking like, I, like I'll like, literally never forget that. Like, that was so perfectly that shot was the and whole acted. At, of everybody involved, it was, it was funny. It was yep. intriguing. Like, you were enthralled. Um, you know, I go back to the scene where they before sound when there's so many different productions going on, they have that day on in the desert there where all the films are taking place at the same time. There's like a war film going on and all this romantic is all this shit's happening at the same time because they have to worry about sound. And I don't know. It's just so memorable. Like I I don't feel like I'm going to forget about this film anytime soon. Like, and I've always been a sucker for, and I know Dan's a Danza fan of La La Land, but I've always been a sucker for Giselle's like, vivid style of filmmaking like it's very colorful it's very loud it's very in your face and this is his biggest swing so far and i commend it you know a lot of people (laughs) you know hated it and i didn't know how i was gonna feel but i freaking love this movie and it inserted itself as my runner-up for 2022 so who wants to say anything about babylon i'll open up the uh, floor here
3: go on lindsey dan i assume you haven't (laughs) seen it because that the cinema and therefore you wouldn't have traveled to see this good choice by the way nailed it
0: uh this movie had moments of greatness in it and gerald you have talked about some of those moments i love both of those scenes you're talking about both the sound booth and the time when they're trying to they're making her repeat that same scene over and over again to capture the one single tear and the, the different characters who we get to pictured. I know a big attack on La La Land was that it was about, you know, there was a white guy trying to teach a black guy how to play jazz correctly. I know that was a big problem. So this, you know, kind of focused more on marginalized characters, and I think that was a great choice. For me, what happened was at the end of the movie, when you have the big conclusion, I don't want to go too much into it, because I know that not everybody has seen it, but it kind of wraps everything up very nicely so then I kind of once the ending happened I wanted to go back and watch the movie again so that I could appreciate that ending and what it was what I think it was going for but it was such a long meandering journey but to be fair I did divide up this movie I watched it in three different segments so that might have been an issue too for my viewing experience it was just it was very long, very meandering, and it was just so batshit wild. All of the stuff at the beginning it really was. with like the elephant poop, you know, in the face. That really was like, whoa, okay. Definitely, I mean, got there my was a lot of,
1: <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of stuff I felt like was in there for shock value. Mm-hmm. Um, but from a audience perspective, like, I don't get. The criticism with that, because I feel like we want to be shocked and entertained when we go to the movies. Like I don't want to be bored. So I was never. So the meandering part I disagree with because I was never bored during this film. Oh, like, I
3: was. Oh, god. I mean, that's fine.
1: You know, I just. I don't. I. I honestly thought I would be too because. You know, no, for I'm me never this was. To a,
3: hate a long film again, and given the length of this, this podcast, a long podcast, this was akin to podcast <laughs> as, that's true. This was akin to, true.
1: you know, like Boogie Nights or Wolf of Wall Street, but in an old Hollywood, you know, it, it just kind of had that feeling for me. And I love those movies as well. So maybe that's
3: why I loved it so much. But I agree I don't know, Paul. with some of what you said. There are some outstanding sequences. There are some moments in this film, which is just it's cinema to the extreme in a, in a good way. Yeah, it's debaucherous and ridiculous and so far over the top, but it's peeling back that veneer of old Hollywood, the golden age and showing, hey, these people were just as fucked up as anybody in the current days just we didn't have social media and cameras everywhere to capture that shit, which I quite like that element. But it's it's meandering in its plot. Like there is no plot. It's just following time, waiting for the golden age to fall and the talkies to start. So what this ends up becoming, and it directly references this film, it's singing in the rain redux. Just – a Mm -hmm. debaucherous version of Singing in the Rain. By the time Mm -hmm. I realised we're hitting all these marks that I've seen in Singing in the Rain, including the absolute scene where they are singing in the rain, I was like, fuck this. I am done. (laughs) With the pink uh, ponchos or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And then he realised, anyway, that's probably spoilers, but it just felt like that last five minutes, 15, the film should have finished 15, 20 minutes earlier than it did. There was a button moment which would have been elevated the film, in my opinion. It's Damien saying, how much, how good cinema, how great cinema. Cinema is the best, isn't it? Yes. It gets so far up his own ass in that final moment. I lost me completely. Well, I think, I think what he does is he battles like, you
1: know, industry versus like our love of movies. So I think he did get lost in that kind of hypothesis. And like, you know, the industry is bad and especially back then. And
3: Oof, but we
1: love going to the movies and we love experiencing the movies. So it's like kind of the battle there, especially with a character like Manny, who is kind of our you know, nucleus in this film. Yeah, yeah,
3: for sure. And, and I'm glad I he was. I love in this movie. Yeah, the performances are all good. There's no question about that. I think there's, and the music is phenomenal. The, the soundtrack. Oh, dude, Justin Hurwitz score oh, is like. That guy's, I think Damien Chazelle's the same age. They're both 37 years old. What the fuck? Yeah. It's unbelievable, unbelievable the talent that's on display. No question at all about that. I'm middling on the film because there's so much I loved about it and so much I hated. So just land right in the middle.
1: I, I don't know. I You know, I think I'm just so impressed because I did go into this showing earlier today <laughs> thinking like, eh, this is probably a mistake. Like, I don't need to see this. And like, I was just, I just loved it. I just loved it. I'm glad you did. I'm really glad Yeah, I mean, I think it just spoke to all my sensibilities. But... It's a fifty-fifty split movie. In fact, I think it's like fifty-something, fifty-two yeah. or three on Rotten Tomatoes right now. So it's split right down the middle. People, I've seen people that I admire hate it. I've seen people I admire love it, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of leaning more towards the love well, clearly it side. Just, I mean, it's second favorite. It's cool. one of my favorite. Yeah, one of my favorite.
3: Spoilers for our review, year, by so. the way, which is coming out next week. So there you go. All right, I'll, it I'll take a listen just drop sure. just dropped today into Australian cinemas. So.
1: Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, I get the criticism for sure, and the length is a problem. I understand that, but yeah, but I really, I really took well to it. I really liked it. So someone, someone somewhere will
3: have said its length is meant to be representative of the of the excess of Hollywood and da 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 da. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: (laughs) Sure, most likely. Yeah, yeah. And the elephant shitting is Hollywood shitting on us. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Just
0: took a big dump in our lawn. (laughs)
1: <laughs> this symbolism is there. Yeah. So there you go. Babylon, my number two, much to probably everyone's surprise, but I just really, really took to it. So we are up to our number ones. Lindsay, I think I know because I know you, but go ahead. What's your number one movie of 2022?
0: Okay. Well, my number one is S.S. Roger Moley's RRR, which, Ooh, Dan, I right. yeah, which Dan already talked about a lot. And I enjoyed many of the same things he did you re- reference fast and the furious i think pretty much rr is fast and the, in the furious starring two indian dudes in many ways you know they are
2: can't imagine why i loved it then
0: <laughs> they are accomplishing you know feats that gravity cannot explain and it doesn't work correctly just like that you had the bromance you had the dancing this movie just made me happy, filled me with joy. I've loved seeing other people also enjoying it and embracing it. I saw it back in March in a very empty movie theater. It was me and a, one Indian family with a crying baby that cried most of the whole movie. And yet it did that did not bother me enough because I was so engaged with these guys at the beginning. I had heard some rumors from on Twitter about that this was great, and I just went in on that alone and enjoyed every single moment of it. I've watched it on Netflix since it's come out multiple times, and I keep recommending and forcing people to watch it. <laughs> Basically, I'm kicking them. I'm like, just watch it. Watch half an hour, and if you want to turn it off, then you can turn it off. But nobody does, and they will. They will stay to the end, and and love it. And it's, it's crazy. I don't, I don't have enough. I don't have a big enough following on Twitter that people normally go think, see things based on my review alone. But I did have several people later say you were right, Lindsay. And I didn't listen to you and they're all sad. They didn't see it in the theater now, but I am hoping if it gets an Oscar nom, it's going to come back on the big screen for a week or so.
1: Well, they messed up not putting it for international feature. That's for sure. Um. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I hope it does get some love. And it got some love on the Golden Peas like I said. People are voting for it too. Mm-hmm. It's me and my wife just like for fun checked the results today and we got a lot of polls come in and let's just say it's up there. <laughs> it's getting a lot of votes. So RRR has a lot of love. It was on Dan's list as well. So that's Lindsay's number 1. I know Paul loves it. He said earlier he loves it.
2: Paul's favorite.
1: That's yeah, Paul's favorite movie of the year. So. Glad you. He's you're, not even going to mention it because loves it so much. So. <laughs> <laughs> I want to learn the
2: dance just for you. Just your, the, the, the 10 minute uh, dance I, sequence just oh, for
1: Paul, me. we got to check your pulse. So I can't believe you didn't like that not to not to scene, man. That's too much for me. I thought you would have loved that.
3: Is that your a, only
0: objection to the movie?
3: Uh, he just doesn't like too musicals. Long. It's it's. <laughs> I think some of the performances, as Dan said, are pretty average. Uh, and mostly, I just cannot yeah. stand ridiculous musical breakouts it's like why i can't do bollywood or tollywood films i just can't I've, every single one i watch other than dungle from like 2015 which the music is only playing over the top describing what's happening then i'm fine with it so
0: i was okay with <laughs> yeah. all, of the, all of the musical numbers except for the flogging scene and i'm going to sing while I'm being flogged i know it's supposed to be i'm not i know uh, it's supposed to represent uh, like you know upright, freedom yeah. Yeah. The revolution yeah, yeah but it still was That was a little much. I was like, okay, if Mel Gibson started singing Passion of the Christ, that would have been really weird.
1: (laughs) That would have been strange. (laughs) It wouldn't have been accurate either, I don't think. We
3: got a number one, man. Let's hear it. Uh, No one's talked about this one again because it's another international film released on Netflix which has done the rounds. I think on film Twitter it gets a little bit of love and uh, it was nominated from Germany as their their submission uh, for the Academy Awards this year. It's All Quiet on the Western Front. Uh, Directed by... Dude, what a fucking great movie. Edward Berger. Uh, Look, we know War is Hell. This tells the same story, but it tells it from the perspective of the Germans and it is beautifully shot. The cinematography is incredible. The soundtrack is spot on in terms of being disconcerting and disturbing. The performances are such that you come to care about these poor, not just the poor, four poor kids that head out to start with, but the veterans they hook up with. They all become discernible enough, interesting enough that you're engaged. It's like, hey... Maybe some of these guys can get through this because I really want them to. And when I care about characters, especially in a long film like this, and it held my interest the whole time, uh, this one just blew my mind. This is the other film I would buy if Netflix ever releases the rights to allow it to be bought on physical media.
1: So.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you fool.
1: (laughs) Edward Berger, I I think, and I did this. I did my Oscars prediction video a few days ago, but I think Edward Berger and All Quiet are going to get noms at the Oscars. I think this movie has enough momentum right now at the right time. And if you see it, it's irrefutable. Like it is an absolute marvel of just like cinematic achievement. It's my second favorite war film now
3: of all time. So, yeah,
1: I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, Is Private Ryan the first? Because for me, that's the order pretty much. I mean, you know, nineteen seventeen could, you know,
3: be two point five or one point five. Like I mean, nineteen seventeen's right in that in that mix as well. So Yeah,
1: I mean they're all those three are kind of like a juggling thing right now. But I mean, I I just I don't know, I commented to Dan, we were texting the other day, and I I just I missed it, I guess, but I just don't know why Netflix didn't push this a little bit more because it's such a good movie. Like And I'm they, talking about for awards potential. I I just don't feel like they've been really selling it like they could have.
2: They did. They have. Yeah, you're just not paying. You're just not paying attention.
1: <laughs> I was gonna say maybe I missed it. Well, so he's too busy liking to tweets. But... He doesn't remember doing. But...
2: He's too busy liking my tweets <laughs> and forgetting about them. That's the thing. He's liking Netflix's tweets and then oh, forgetting yeah. about them. Yeah. did mention
1: like... that. I forgot. <laughs> I think it's a great pick. It's in my top ten. It's uh, the- one of the best movies of the year easily. So. Great. That's uh, Paul's number one, All Quiet on the Western Front. Dan, what do you have at number one,
2: buddy? All right, well, my number one, it's a, it's a Crimbus movie. Uh, it is this, uh, this movie starring Freddie Prince <laughs> Jr. and Amy Garcia. It is Christmas with you. Uh, it is the only movie Gerald gave a one-star to review to this year. Uh, I haven't seen it because I saw the trailer for it and I knew it would be dog shit, so I completely avoided it. But I'm sure people loved it. Uh, let's go to this six out of 10 review on IMDb that says, I do want to Amy hear from somebody who loved is a standout it. in the By the Numbers movie. This is a completely By the Numbers Christmas rom com. <laughs> I'm done. Uh, no, it's um, it's Everywhere. It's Everything Everywhere all at once. Oh, that's like, right.
1: Yeah, we talked about it. Which, <laughs> yeah, which one's Christmas with you, though? Who's in that one? Who Brady stars Freddie yeah. Prince Jr.
2: and Amy Garcia?
1: Oh, that's the, oh, yeah. No, that's no good. You gave
2: it a one star rating. Yeah, no, that's and I was horrible. like, well, that's, that's the number one right there. That's not even a question. <laughs>
1: Movie's not good. got
2: I, wow. I, Yeah, I know. I watched the trailer for all it. Right. Went, oh, so oh no! I'd rather just drive a s- rail race spike into my head, please. So everything,
1: everywhere, all at once is yours.
4: <laughs> yes, me, that comments these, from Christopher.
1: <laughs> let me make these notes real quick. Uh, it wasn't
4: complete
2: trash. Okay, Yanny. <laughs>
1: uh okay so my number one movie Lindsay mentioned at the top of her list and it's bones and all wow number one yeah this is um a movie that's horror adjacent i wouldn't call it a straight up horror in fact it's more of a romance than a horror to me but it's just the imagery and you know she mentioned the road trip aspect of it which is very intriguing as well but it I think when I gave my initial review, I said it was kind of like natural born killers meets like Paris, Texas. Like it has this really kind of like indie, kind of like grounded vibe to it. It's really gritty, you know, like backwoods kind of backstreet kind of thing. And then, but it also has this like two kind of fugitives on the run kind of feel to it. And they kind of grow together throughout the movie and they get closer and closer together. So it's a beautiful love story in that way too. But You know, Taylor Russell gives easily one of the best performances of the year, I feel like, definitely from a female perspective. I'm a huge fan of Timothy Chalamet, as you guys know. And we get a Call Me By Your Name reunion here uh, with not only him, but, you know, Michael Strollberg's back in here too. He has one scene that he's in, but, you know, that was his dad and Call Me By Your Name. And they get to share another great scene here with the same director. So, you know, this movie just floored me. I mean, it's a five-star film for me this year, and I only had two this year that were five stars, and this is one of them. And it just it what? just left me speechless. Like, I just couldn't believe the dedication to the relationships and the story that we kind of live through with these characters. So I know that Lindsay saw it, obviously, but I know you two haven't seen it, so I would highly recommend it. Uh, it's a great human story, and it, it does have, like... And, Paul, I think you'll like it, too, because it does have those, like, cannibalistic horror aspects built into it, too. Yeah. So you kind of get that, like, kind of gross body horror stuff. But I don't know. Lindsay, correct me if I'm wrong, but this, like, is a weird movie because, like, it's kind of disgusting, but, like, beautiful at the same time. Like, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, is that there'll is that fair to people, say? What...
0: There, well, there'll be a lot of people that don't want to see it because it has cannibals in it doing cannibal things um so Mm -hmm. there's there's that element but it's not like you you're correct it's not a straight out horror it's more of a love story with horrific elements but it's it is about you know it's very character driven it's not fear driven or scare driven it's more about the characters and their journey
1: and the performances are stellar across mm-hmm. the board. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if Mark Rylance gets a supporting actor nomination next week. I don't think it's going to happen, but I also wouldn't be shocked if it does. He's kind of plays this like creepy, kind of wayward guy that is kind of like lur- lurking in the shadows the whole movie. But he does a great job. But yeah, Bones and All, for me, was the best movie I saw in 2022. It's my personal preference, but it was my favorite film of the year. Okay. So there we go, guys. Those are our top five films of 2022. I tell you what, we are going to take a break, and when we come back, we will just wrap up our top fives and remind everybody what we had. We'll shout out the fans on social media, and we'll also give some honorable mentions. So everybody sit tight, and we will be right back.
4: Hey, guys, it's Drew from The Real Fills Podcast. And, you know, every year, my buddy Gerald over at Two Peas, he puts on his own personal movie award show, which he has affectionately called The Golden Peas, where he honors the previous year in film. Now this year, it's gonna be the first time and it's gonna be done as a YouTube broadcast. How cool is that? They're gonna be guest presenters giving out awards in seven different categories, including best movie, best female performance, and of course, my personal favorite, best horror movie. Now, here's the thing about all the winners for this award show. They are voted on and chosen by you. These awards are 100% based on your participation and votes. So what you're going to do? You're going to help me share and promote this event leading up until the day it happens. All right? And of course, don't forget to cast your own votes. You got to head on over to 2 golden goldenpeas and there you're going to see the list of nominees and you're going to cast your votes. Then on Monday, March 13th. That's Monday, March 13th at 9:30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You're going to see all of the winners revealed live on youtube we're gonna have some amazing special guests and gerald himself will be joined by co-host and guys contain your excitement he's going to be joined by the god of podcasting himself brian loisauce we hope that you can join us this year to once again celebrate our shared love of the movies you're the realist
1: What's up, guys? Welcome back. As I said, pre-break, we just counted down our top five films of the year, 2022. Uh, Paul has a life. He has kids. <laughs> he has things he's doing. So <laughs> middle of the day. He has actually.
3: Yeah, Paul's he has actually, this.
1: Get out of here. But before you go, Paul, I think you want to just list your honorable mentions real quick?
3: Yeah. So do you want to run through one through five? Repeat that or...
1: Yeah, but just th- remind everybody what you had real quick. Yeah, my
3: number five was Fresh. Number four was Athena. Three, Pray to the Northmen. And my number one, the longest worded title, All Quiet on the Western Front. Uh, and in terms of my honorable mentions, I had six, as mentioned, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Seven, I had Bullet Train. Eight, I had Violent Night, which will, which upsets people.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm so thankful you're leaving <laughs> after putting Bullet Train you're number 7 I oh, dog Bullet Train me. bro I'm know, with no, you on I still that so it. bad uh,
3: and number 9 I had The Innocence which only came out here in Australia this year but is oh a, that's a good one I yeah, saw that one Norwegian film I think and my number 10 no one mentioned I'm stunned given how high this was on my episode with my co-hosts that I had there uh, my number 10 was Top Gun Maverick so yeah
1: yeah it's in my honorables it just missed the top 5 but yeah good call for sure Paul, we love you, man. I'm gonna let you go. You Thank got you so much. kids eating cereal and doing who knows what back there. So I
3: look forward to hearing the rest of your lists uh, when this one gets released. And uh, yeah, all the best for the listener feedback too. Thanks so much for having me on. Really appreciate it. Dad. Have a good one. Cheers. All right, guy. Take care, everybody. Can I hit leave all studio, right. or do I just keep leave it recording?
1: Uh, you can just hit. Actually, you know what? I just might scribble. be able to remove you. Hang on, because you're recording your track. Yeah, so I've recorded. So we should be fine. So.
2: Oh Well, see you, Paul, I guess. <laughs> Fuck you.
1: <laughs> Sorry, I didn't know I was going to do that. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> All right, so now that Paul has left us, Lindsay, why don't you wrap up your top five again and then you can give your honorable mentions real quick.
0: Okay, so my number five was Bones and All. Number four was The Wonder. Number three, Speak No Evil. Number two, Something in the Dirt. Number one, RRR.
1: There you go. Good list. And what were your honorable mentions?
0: Number 10, I had Top Gun Maverick. Number nine, Avatar The Way of Water. Number eight, The Woman King. Number mm. seven, Close. And number six, After Sun.
1: Mm, good one. A couple sentimental ones there with After Sun and Close. Close wrecked me. We saw that together, actually. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, that one killed me. That's in my top. 15-ish, but it didn't quite crack the top 10, but I did love that movie. Dan, uh, remind everyone, what was your top five again?
2: All right, my number five was RRR. My number four was The Batman. Three, Athena. Two, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery. And number one was Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. And my six through 10 would be Hustle, the Netflix movie. Uh, All Quiet on the Western Front, the Netflix movie. Uh, Prey. Not the Netflix movie. (laughs) Uh, The Takedown, which is another French-language movie on Netflix, which uh, everyone should go watch. And uh, my number 10, to my great shock, Enola Holmes 2. Oh, wow.
1: That's actually to my shock as well.
2: Uh, Yeah, I can't believe it either.
1: Wow, I didn't see that coming. All right, so to round up my top five real quick, I had X at number five, just for Dan Brennick. My number four was Prey. Number three was Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Number two was Babylon, and my number one was Bones and All. And then to round up my top ten, my number six would have been Top Gun Maverick. Number seven would have been The Worst Person in the World, which is a movie that actually came out in 2021, but we didn't get it here in the States until last year. Number eight would have been All Quiet on the Western Front. My number nine would have been The Batman. And then my number ten would have been a movie that I fucking love. I don't care what anybody says, and that's Cha-Cha Real Smooth. The Apple TV original. Cooper <laughs> Ray uh, I love, oh, love. that movie. Dakota Johnson. Let's go. All right. So how we end every episode, guys, is we head over to social media and we see what the fans had to say in the old suggestion box. So I just said over there, what was your favorite movie of 2022? Pick one. And for some reason, I'm looking at paragraphs here, so I'm guessing they didn't follow the brief. But <laughs> <Tony> <laughs> They Dobish, never do. Tony Dabish. Patron and friend of the show says all quiet on the Western front. He says it's an instant classic war film. I happen to agree with him there. Jared Taylor says everything, everywhere, all at once. Dan Brennick says the Nutcracker Massacre.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I forgot I wrote that. (laughs) Uh,
1: (laughs) Joey, uh, friend of the show, says everything, everywhere, all at once. Oh, Lindsay, you commented not knowing you were going to be on the episode, but you said "rrr." John Campbell also says "everything, everywhere." Brett from Dissect That Film says "Top Gun: Maverick." Josh says he didn't get to any uh, or that many new releases in twenty twenty two, but he really loved the bad guys. That was the animated film. Brad says "Pray." Let's see. Dan Roski says for him it's a coin flip between the Banshees of Inisherin and Crimes of the Future. What'd you think of those two, Lindsay? Well, Banshees, you said was a little bleak, right?
0: Yeah, it wasn't the heartwarming, cozy Irish, you know, movie that I was expecting. Um, (laughs) What was the other one? What was the one you said? Crimes of
1: the Future. Crimes of the Future. Crimes of the Future.
0: Um, Yeah, it was an interesting movie. It wasn't. It didn't quite gel for me. Uh, Like from the menu, gel. It didn't gel
1: yeah that's Cronenberg so I haven't seen that one yet let's see Sean Ennis says The Northman David Powell also says The Northman let's see Phil Rude is mentioning uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio and Nope the Jordan Peele film uh, Dan is a Netflix guy what'd you think of Pinocchio? Uh,
2: it's be- beautifully technical uh, technically beautiful uh, my god do I just not care uh, it's, it's, the whole fascist thing was interesting, though. Like, I, I'm actually shocked to see the animated movie go like, "Hi, we're in World War II. The Italians are fascists, right? Right." And just show and just throwing that at you, like, because I remember the I vividly remember the animated movie, and it's like, we're at the island of donkeys now, and it's like, okay, what's this movie's <laughs> island of donkeys? Oh, the fucking fascist boot camp. That's interesting.
1: Yeah. Wow. Weird turn. All right. So, how about to end tonight's episode? Now, every year, with the exception of last year because I was on hiatus, Amanda from Amanda's Picture Show joins Dan and I and does our top five movies of the year. But she couldn't join us tonight. She couldn't be here due to an illness, and she just sore throat, and she just wasn't able to get on the mic. So, she sent me her top five, Dan. And seeing how you kind of animated you were before Paul left the stream, I think you're going to really appreciate different parts of her list here but this would be amanda's top five number five would have been bullet train and i i promise i can screenshot it to you i swear to you number four was glass onion the knives out mystery number three was the banshees of end number two was the that. batman and number one was everything yeah. everywhere all at once That's, uh, that would be amanda's top mostly
2: five. good list the bullet train <laughs> bad movie <laughs>
1: So there you go, guys. Uh, Paul obviously left, but I'm going to have his information in the show notes for you guys as well. If for some reason you don't know where to find him and Wayne, you can look him up. Lindsay, tell them about One of My Stories and where they can find you online.
0: Yeah, my website is oneofmystories.com. That is with the number one. You can also follow me on Twitter, Letterboxd, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud um, at one of my stories. And I do movie reviews. I'm an NC Film critic, Southeast Film Critics. Right now, I'm really into the eight, uh, Netflix series, 1899. So I'll be maybe talking to Dan about that later. Um, I'd like to know more about his take on that show. Saw some of your stats. But that's up where you can
2: find me.
1: All right, cool. Dan, you want to tell them they know who you are? I mean, do you want to tell yeah, them You can here? find
2: me at thecountdownpodcast.com. There you uh, go. You can also Google the Countdown Podcast. Uh, also, check out uh, uh, anywhere on Twitter, the Countdown PC. Uh, <laughs> check out our Facebook <laughs> listener group, the Countdown Podcast <laughs> listener group. Oh, uh, man. Where all of our fans go to interact with us and send us horrible memes that aren't actually very funny. I'm sorry. You guys deserve to be roasted. These Those memes in there are fucking terrible sometimes. My God.
1: <laughs> They're just having fun, man. You guys, I appreciate you guys being here, and Paul, of course, as well. So thank you so much. This is always a big episode every year. It always runs along. It's a, it's a healthy discussion. So aside from my Babylon pick, I think it went pretty smooth. So I hope you guys had a good time. And uh, to everyone listening, thank you so much for tuning in. We will be back next week with another Top 5. Until then, everybody take care.